Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs here with Joe Kerr. and We've had the exciting opportunity this weekend to enjoy the Hope For Our Times conference here in Southern California, hosted by Tom Hughes and his ministry, enjoying some of the best prophecy speakers and experts from across the country. And Joe, I've been excited about the people we've listened to, some of the experts we've interviewed already. And one we get to meet and talk with today is a good friend of ours, Don Perkins. So uh, it's exciting to be with him again, isn't it? Great friend of our ministry. Don's been on our program a couple of times. And just just family, but the first time we actually got to meet in person, so Amen. it's been fantastic. And we've had lots of opportunity to talk about the program, but what's God been telling you here through some of these other people? I mean, these are folks that you love to hear. Love to hear them. Bible prophecy is the focus here, so it's been wonderful. Uh, I'm looking forward to our time of sharing. I mean, what's on my heart dealing with the uh, millennial reign, the thousand-year reign of Christ, and uh, we're going to focus on that particular kingdom that's coming in the future. You know, a lot of people have questions about it. Um, uh, people try to, how can I say it, create uh, that kingdom now or try to bring peace to the world, but they can't do it outside of Christ. So in my session, I'm going to cover the prophecy of the millennial kingdom. Yeah, well, let's get into that a little bit. A lot of people don't even know what that is or where that is in the Bible. We're primarily talking about Revelation chapter 20. For those of you unfamiliar with this passage, yes. it's this time period at the end of Revelation where Jesus has come back at the return, and there's a 1,000-year period where he reigns on the earth. And there are different views about this. There, are the, There's the premillennial view, uh, the postmillennial view. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about that. What are some of the main views out there and the reasons for those? Well, different views out there, uh, our millennial view is one. That view teaches that there will be no millennial. Uh, and that view really does not stand the test of Scripture. The fact that the Bible says Christ is coming back, uh, Isaiah 9, 6 literally prophesied that Christ will sit on the throne of his father, David. Uh, when Christ came the first time, we know he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, uh, which was prophecy. Zechariah prophesied that. Zechariah said that he would uh, come into Jerusalem riding a donkey. But the prophecy goes on from Zechariah that says that he would literally reign on the throne of his father, David. That's a literal prophecy that Christ never fulfilled that he must fulfill. Uh, I say it this way, without Christ reigning on the, on the throne of David, we cannot get to the end of the story. It's a part of the scripture. So when Christ came into Jerusalem the first time, uh, they held him king uh, for a few days and then they said, crucify him. So Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 has not been fulfilled. Christ must fulfill that, and he'll do that during the time of the millennial kingdom. He will literally sit on the throne. He will rule the world, a theocratic government. Uh, he's going to actually change the nature of the world. Uh, I say it this way, too. The millennial kingdom under Christ's rule will be a precursor to the eternal state, and it's going to be beautiful. That's a great way to put it, a precursor to the eternal state. Yes. People talk a lot about heaven. We have kind of an idea what that's going to be like. Yes. The thought of that being on earth, especially in the current turmoil and chaos of yes. the world, it's yes. just almost impossible to imagine what that's like. Yes. Talk about what the millennial kingdom is going to involve. What is that kingdom under Christ going to include? Well, for one, peace. 
uh, Isaiah 9 calls him the Prince of Peace. So when Christ sits on the throne during the Millennial Kingdom, the whole world will, will experience that peace. Uh, the Bible says there'll be no more war. As a matter of fact, the, the weapons of war will be made into uh, plowshares and, and instruments of farming. Uh, the scripture says that there'll be no war uh, in his kingdom. Uh, he will literally change the nature of the beast. The Bible says the lion, he will not eat uh, flesh during the millennium. He'll eat straw like the ox. Uh, it's, it's just so many things going to happen, but it's a precursor to what eternity is going to look like in the new heavens and the new earth. Now, the reason why I say precursor, he's going to change certain elements of the current world we're living in now. And again, the, the world is looking for peace. The whole world wants peace. They want peace in the Middle East. If we can have peace in the Middle East, we'll have peace in the world. That's what they think. That peace won't happen. That's why no peace plan will work in Israel. When we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, what we're literally praying for is the millennial reign of Christ. That's the only time Israel and the world is going to experience peace when Christ fulfills Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. So he's going to change the nature of the world. A theocratic government, meaning a government that's going to be ruled by Christ. And I tell you one thing that's really exciting for us, the church, we will literally be with him to rule and reign during that millennial kingdom. We're going to reign with Christ. Uh, we'll come back with him as the glorified. We will, we will be his administration going into the millennial kingdom. Christ will disperse the glorified all over the world to help him govern during the millennial kingdom. Now, What's also amazing about that, um, you're going to have natural believers here too, meaning uh, there will be people that will come out of the tribulation who didn't die. They will be considered sheep nations. So they will be allowed into the millennium. They will still be marrying, uh, still giving and childbearing. Their kids will be born in sin. And those kids that are born during the millennial kingdom will have to accept Christ, just like uh, any other born-again believer. Uh, although the sin nature will still be there and Christ is going to rule and reign, sin will still be in the millennial kingdom. Uh, that's one reason why God put a time limit on it, you know. So it's going to be an amazing event uh, that the scripture prophesied, and it's going to be a literal 1,000 years. That's amazing. I think that there will be people who live during the millennial kingdom who will grow up and then reject Christ. Amazing. Yeah. And you think about that and you look at the passage, but it does make sense because at the end of that 1000 years, it doesn't go automatically to the new heavens no, and the new no, earth. There's no. something that happens there yes. that is catastrophic in some yes. ways. Describe a little bit about what happens at the end of the millennial kingdom. Right. Well, to describe what's going to happen at the end, let me tell you at the beginning first. Okay. Prior to the millennium beginning, the Bible says God would dispatch an angel, Revelation 20, to bind Satan. So this angel will literally bind Satan and cast him into the bottomless pit for 1,000 years, the Bible says. So he will have no influence to deceive mankind. Now, uh, what Dylan shared about at the end of the millennium, the Bible says when the 1,000 years is complete, God is going to release Satan from the bottomless pit. Why? So his influence can come back into the earth. And what's going to happen? God's going to really, really use the devil to expose the hearts of men and women, even in the millennium, who will not honor Christ. Now you say, Brother Perkins, how in the millennium will no one want to honor Christ when Christ is going to be there? But you've got to realize the sin nature will still be there. The offspring of the sheep nations are still born in sin, and many of them will come to Christ, and many will not. And what's amazing about that prophecy in, in Revelation 20, when Satan is released, 20 verse 7, it says that he will deceive the nations as the sands of the sea. 
And then God's going to judge those people who form an alliance with Satan. And then he's going to judge the devil. 2010, the Bible says he will cast Satan into the lake of fire. Lake of fire. Well, this is a fascinating discussion. We've been talking to Don Perkins with According to Prophecy Ministries. And we'll talk more about the Millennial Kingdom in just a moment here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. From I Am A Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Are you ready for the rapture? Do you know what it is? What the Bible says about it? Can you identify the signs that will precede it? Do you know where the term rapture comes from? Or how long the tribulation will be? And what those left behind will have to endure? A watchman for the Lord will know these things. He will know what God has done and what He is about to do. He will know the truth and will share the truth. To help you know the truth, the I'm a Watchman team has established a new website, amiraptureready.org. I encourage you to visit this site to learn more about what Bible prophecy notes will happen in the last days. amiraptureready.org. That's amiraptureready.org. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking to Don Perkins about the Millennial Kingdom. This is an often misunderstood topic in the Bible. If you look at Revelation 20, you see this 1,000 year literal period where Jesus will rule and reign on the earth. But as we've discussed, at the end of this period, something important happens. And let's pick up where we left off in the last segment, if we would, Don. Uh, Satan is released, and then what happens? He's released. His deceptive influence comes back into the earth. In other words, the tempter comes back into the earth to tempt mankind. Those, those people that are part of the millennial kingdom who have not accepted Christ, many of them will literally be deceived by Satan. God's going to let their hearts be exposed. You know what's amazing, Dylan? The scripture says uh, in Zechariah's prophecy that there will be some nations in the millennial kingdom that would not want to honor Christ. And the scripture says that Jesus or Christ would not allow rain to fall on their lands. Now think about it, this is doing the millennial kingdom. That's amazing. And you say, how can he do this? I mean, Christ is ruling and reigning. But see, the problem is the sin nature is still there. God has not totally dealt with the sin nature yet. And again, he's going to put mankind in a perfect environment, the millennium. He's going to remove the tempter and mankind will still sin. He's going to show them uh, you can't depend on humanism. You can't depend on your, you must accept Christ. You must have a change of heart, which only comes through the blood of Christ and salvation. So he's going to put man in a perfect environment and men will still reject him. That's why the peace treaty isn't the answer, isn't it? It doesn't matter how perfect we think we can make it. Yes, Human nature is still human nature, and it is a fallen, sinful human nature, and we are going to revert to our Father, which is where it came from. And unfortunately, that's not the same Father for everyone, is it? Amen. That's one, when you said about the peace treaty, I mean, the reason why the Middle East is unstable is because it's the arm of flesh that's trying to stabilize the region. Uh, Another prophecy in Zechariah, Zechariah 12, it talks about Jerusalem becoming a cup of trembling in the last days. See, that cup of trembling, the unstableness of the region is by God's design. God says, you know, it's going to be unstable. He said he, he, um, it's going to be a burden to the world. In other words, uh, Jerusalem is a burden. The world thinks if we can stabilize Jerusalem, we'll have peace. 
But see, the only time he's going to have peace is when Messiah sits on that throne. So God called Jerusalem a cup of trembling in the latter days. And it's only going to be stabilized by his son. No president, prime minister, leader, kingdom can bring peace to the region. Uh, no president, no matter how many peace treaties they form, they will not be able to bring peace because that is exclusive to Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. As a matter of fact, this is one reason why he's coming back in the second coming. He's coming back with purpose. He's coming back in the second coming, Revelation 19. He's coming with the army. That's going to comprise the saints. And we will be his administration, the glorified saints, going into the millennium to help him govern. Yeah, and this is not just theory. For those of us who are believers, we get to be there too. Oh, That's yes, a, yes. The exciting part about the millennial Absolutely. kingdom is that we're not talking about somebody else. We're talking about us, us as believers. That's right. And so a lot of people have these questions about what will we be doing yes. during this 1,000-year period? What yeah. are the people who are Christians today who go to heaven yes. and come down during the millennial kingdom? What is our role during this time? Well, we're going to help. The Bible says we're going to help Christ rule. We're going to literally be in positions of ruling and reigning. That means we will be heads of governments. We will be uh, in just key positions all over the world to help Christ govern. One reason why Christ, I believe, is going to use the glorified saints that come with him is because we no longer have the sin nature. We will, we will judge the world just like Christ. And therefore, he can trust our judgment and our leadership. It's going to be awesome. We are coming back in the second coming as his administration to go into the millennial kingdom. And we're going to be dispersed all over the world to help Christ administer his government throughout the world. And, and you know, it's amazing too. Uh, scripture says he's going to do a lot of things. Uh, mankind will live as long as a tree. So during the millennium, God will extend life to humanity, uh, sinner and saint. Uh, the natural believers, they, their life will be extended. They will live as long as a tree. You're going to have billions probably trillions of people born during the millennial kingdom. And we're going to help Christ administer rule with, uh, uh, over them. Yeah, well, that is exciting to think about our role in that time period. But I want to talk about also this little period in the Bible. It's not little, but it's a, a short passage in the Bible between the end of the millennial kingdom and when God creates the new heavens and the new earth. Talk a little bit about what happens during this period. Well, during that time, that's in between the end of the millennium and the creating of the new world. Revelation 20, starting at verse 11 through 15, it talks about the great white throne judgment. Uh this is an event that would transpire in the heavens, the Bible says, but it's a judgment where God would judge the unredeemed. Uh, this is where uh, the unredeemed would stand before God to give an account for his sin. Now, what's so amazing about that, uh, the Bible talks about that uh, the last resurrection after the millennium, God's going to resurrect the unredeemed, those who have died from the beginning all the way to the end of the millennium. God's going to resurrect their flesh. And they would be spirit, soul, and body. They're going to go back into their bodies. In their flesh, they're going to stand before God to give an account of their rejection of him. From that white throne judgment, every one of them, and it's just sad, every one of them will be eternally damned. Not a one will be saved. God will vindicate his judgment on the unredeemed. And then they will be assigned to the lake of fire. Another thing, during that judgment, uh, the white throne judgment, this is where planet Earth that we know today will go, come under a fire renovation. Uh, the, Peter talked about it. He said the elements of this world will be burned. Christ's gonna, he's going to refashion planet Earth. And Peter said we look for new heavens and a new earth wherein dwells righteousness. So that's going to happen while the white throne is going on in heaven. And uh, it's going to be an amazing event. But those people will be judged. There is a lot 
in there. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is the we need about five more programs just to cover that one section. <laughs> yes. There are several judgments that we see in scripture, the bema seat, the one that you just talked about, the judgment white throne. that white throne, and then the sheep and goats kind of just differentiate for folks between those judgments. Well, let me start first with the uh, bema Bema seat is the judgment for Christians. This is where after we're raptured, we go before the Bema seat, uh, judgment of Christ. Now, it's not a judgment seat of condemnation. Uh, it's a judgment of rewards or either lose rewards. Christians will obtain rewards or lose rewards. The scripture tells in Timothy, uh, Paul said, he said, Christian, be careful that you maintain good works. Because what's going to happen, what you do as a believer will stand at the Bema seat. Christians will obtain rewards or lose rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. No unredeemed person will appear there. Okay, let's go to the next one. The next one will be on earth. Going to be on earth. This is Matthew 25. This is after Christ come back in the second coming. The scripture talks about the nations will be brought before him. After he comes and dethrones the Antichrist, the nations will be brought before him. They will be divided. On the left will be the goat nations. On the right will be the sheep nations. The sheep nations will comprise, I believe every one of them will be born again. They, they will be. In other words, he will start the, the millennial kingdom off with born again believers. Okay, now these are people that were saved during the tribulation. They befriended Israel. A, a number of things that he's talked about them. But the sheep nations will be allowed into the millennium. So it's that judgment, the golden sheep nations that Christ is going to judge. Then you have the great white throne, which I just mentioned earlier. That is the judgment of the unredeemed. Now, Christians are only at the judgment seat of Christ to be judged. The unredeemed is at the white throne judgment, and they will only be judged there. Now, I do believe this. I do believe that Christians will be at the white throne judgment, not to be judged, but I believe we'll be there to help vindicate God's justice on the unredeemed. Wow, some powerful words from Don Perkins, and we'll be right back in a moment here on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. A View from the Wall comes from I Am a Watchman Ministries, established to help individuals know the love of Jesus, enter into a relationship with Jesus, live for Jesus, tell others about Jesus, and prepare for the imminent return of Jesus. We want to inspire the body to live a life of meaning and purpose. And at the coming judgment, hear the Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. The wise will strive to live well so that they can finish well. The prudent will work to be aware of what God has done and what prophecy notes he will do in the days to come. In support of these goals, the I Am A Watchman ministry is happy to make available at no cost a wealth of discipleship, prophecy, and spiritual growth resources for those who desire to learn and those who are called to lead. Find out more by visiting our website, IamAWatchman.com. That's IamAWatchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. We've been talking to Don Perkins about the Millennial Kingdom. And at the end of that Millennial Kingdom, there's the Great White Throne Judgment. We talked some about the different judgments, but let's wrap up the judgment part and then get on to the new heavens and the new earth. Uh, as we do, you shared a little bit uh, between segments about how this is such a passionate uh, section for you from Scripture. Tell us why. Well, the Great White Throne is the judgment of the unredeemed. Uh, I teach you another message on the reality of hell. So both of those judgments, 
you know, they really affect me uh, because I understand that God is going to judge mankind for their rejection of him. It has given me such a burden and a heart to reach the lost. Uh, I don't want no lost person going to the white throne. I don't want no lost person going to hell. I don't even want my enemies going there. So the reality of hell, the great white throne, those two messages really give me a burden for the loss. It spurs my heart of evangelism. And uh, I, I try to preach with a passion. I warn the world. I say, listen, there's coming a judgment day. And I let them know. The Bible says God has appointed a time where he's going to judge the unredeemed. And I say, listen, you won't accept Christ. You don't want to stand before God without his son. See, now, with Christ, you, you're born again. You stand before the judgment seat. Without Christ, you stand before the white throne. But at the white throne, you are eternally damned. The scripture says, it's appointed unto man once to die and after that, the judgment. That means when a person crosses the door of death, his judgment is set. If he's born again, he will go to the judgment seat of Christ after his resurrection. If he's not born again, after his resurrection, at the end, Revelation 20, he will stand before the white throne judgment, chapter 20, verse 11. So it gives me a passion. Now, one thing I'm so grateful about that Revelation doesn't leave us with the judgment. It yes. goes on to chapter 21, 22, which deals with the eternal state. And this is where all the redeemed will spend eternity. We're going to literally spend eternity upon a brand new world. Peter said, wherein dwells righteousness. Scripture says, uh, Revelation 21, 22 says, no more death, no more sorrow, no more pain. It's going to be a beautiful world where, where Christ is going to literally reign. He's going to, he's going to on the earth, we'll be able to see him. Not only Christ, but all the patriarchs of old. All of us, I mean, the family of God, we will be there for all eternity. Uh, God is restoring it back to his former glory. Everything we lost in Adam through the blood of Christ has been restored. Uh, that's one reason why when Jesus died on the cross, they put the crown of thorns in him. They were trying to humiliate him and didn't realize it was the price to redeem creation because thorns went into creation. Christ wore the crown of thorns and it was the redemption of planet Earth. And uh, so we're going to spend eternity in a brand new world. Uh, Bible says God, he, re he will reside in the new Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus will reside there. The scripture says the tree of life will be there. The tree of life is going to bear 12 manner fruits and yield a different fruit every, every month. We have this, the new Jerusalem that will come down out of heaven upon the new earth. In that place would be our dwelling. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, so I like to remind people, it's not just being with Jesus that's great, but all of the people who follow Jesus, you know, from Abraham to Moses to those throughout the biblical history, as well as our loved ones who have gone before us. And that's a special reminder, those that we've said goodbye to who are in the Lord, we have not said goodbye forever. We've only said goodbye until we meet with them again in eternity. So it should be an encouragement to those who are listening, that loved one who's gone before you. We will be with them again in the new heaven and the new earth as we glorify God together forever. As we wrap up our time, uh, I want to make sure we get a chance to talk about this idea of encouraging watchmen. So Joe, take us to that section if you would. Don, we talked about heaven, new earth, all the glories and wonders that are going to be a part of that. And people hear the streets of gold and all the, we want to be there. And you mentioned the opposite side of that. We don't want anyone to go to hell. I don't want my worst enemy to experience that. Anyone who knows what hell is doesn't want anybody to go there. Watchmen, watch, warn, witness. And as they do, they share that burden, then that passion that we see in your eyes sitting here. <laughs> How do they do that and finish well? Well, well, one, I mean, as I shared before, on one of your programs before that to be a watchman is a gift from God. 
We, God, have called us as watchmen to the world. We have a message, a clarion message to warn the world of coming judgment. And uh, every watchman, he needs to grab that burden, uh, grab the assignment, whatever God has called him to do, whatever his ministry is, but he's a watchman. He needs to do it with passion. He needs to uh, do it with a heart. And also always keep in mind that this person, if we don't warn them, they may wind up going to hell. They may wind up going to the great white throne judgment if we don't warn them. And see, a watchman, you do get tired, but when you understand the burden of what God has called you to do, it gives you a grace to stay on the post. So if I can encourage you, watch me, stay on your post, allow God to work in you, allow God to give you purpose and direction as to what he's called you to do, and serve him well. Uh, be not weary in well-doing. Uh, don't look for the accolades of men. You look for the audience of one, which is heaven, and, and serve God. So if I can encourage him, stay on, stay on post. Reminds me so much of what Paul told Timothy to watch your life and teaching closely. And as you do, it will say both yourself and your hearers. This is something that's not just for you. This is for you to communicate to those around you so they can come to faith in Christ. This is not just theory. This is about where people spend eternity. There's nothing more important than that time that you take to live out your faith, to share it with others. And that's what we've been learning more about here today. Well, Don, as we wrap up our time together, just tell us a little bit more about where we can get more information about your ministry and some of the resources you have. One of the best ways to reach us is online. Our website is www.accordingthenumber2thewordprophecy.org. If you can't find us there, go to Google and put in Evangelist Donald Perkins and one of our pages will come up. Well, great. Well, again, we've enjoyed having you here with us, and we look forward to hearing you as you speak here at the OFR Times Conference. On behalf of Joe Kerr and I and everyone at I Am Watching Ministries, thank you for joining us today. We look forward to being with you next time. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip Watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.